Well, just as everything seemed to be at its darkest, just as your best hopes and dreams lay shattered before your feet, just when you're about to give up all hope, and you feel like everything that you've been working towards for the past three years has fallen flat, you're discouraged, you're disheartened, you're confused, you're lost. This woman that we read about earlier in John chapter 20 named Mary Magdalene, Mary had lost hope. Mary had left earlier in the morning in the darkness, in the cool of the early morning, and she went to the tomb of her Lord to grieve, to lay out her agony and her pain and misery to her beloved teacher. She had been waiting to come to see Jesus' tomb because of the Sabbath, which was preventing her from going there any earlier. She had been in mourning since his death three days earlier, and she was waiting there in her pain and her grief. All this time, sad about this man she had been following. This man, Jesus, was not just an ordinary man to Mary, and nor is he an ordinary man to us. This man, Jesus, had healed Mary. Mary had been possessed of seven demons, which we find out in Mark chapter 16, verse 9, and Luke chapter 8, verse 2, that she had been demon-possessed. Jesus had come and touched her and healed her, casting out those demons and showing her great compassion and love. She was set free. She had been tormented by these demons day in and day out, ever wondering if she was going to be set free. Jesus now comes into her life, and her life is transformed. Her brother, you might have heard of him, Lazarus, was dead for four days, and Jesus came and raised him from the dead. These encounters of Jesus in this woman's life were miraculous. She knew full well of the power of Jesus Christ in her life. We see later on in her life and in Jesus' ministries at the end that she broke an expensive jar of perfume and she poured it on Jesus' feet unaware that she was probably she unaware that she was anointing him for his death Jesus had changed her life his transforming power and healing transformed her life and now everything and all the expectations of what was hoped for was now gone there she was at the tomb ready to grieve, ready to, ready to cry. How was she feeling? Have you ever lost hope before? Have you ever been in a place in your life where you just couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel? Have you experienced such anguish, such despair, such distraught, dis- this discomfort that it had kept you seemingly unable to function in normal everyday life. 
I get concerned that someday uh, something might happen to me that might bring me to my knees with that crippling effect of grief and anguish. And I know some of you have experienced that here in our congregation as well. Mary was experiencing this deep turmoil in her life as she went to approach the tomb in the early morning hours. You see, she didn't just read about Jesus and her nice Jesus Pictionary Bible, right? She didn't just hear the stories of Jesus' healing. She experienced them. She experienced it firsthand for herself as she saw her own dead brother being raised back to life. So why was this power of Jesus not powerful enough to save him three days earlier? Sometimes I forget about the transforming power of Jesus Christ in my life. Maybe some of us here have experienced the supernatural power of God at some point in our life. Maybe it was when we made a confession of our sins and we have asked Jesus to be a part of our lives, but it has been a long time since we have experienced his power in our life. And after a while, we forget what that's like. Jesus changes lives. Jesus conquered death. Once and for all, he conquered death, a spiritual death, and he conquered the physical death. And that is why we get to celebrate here today, because he didn't stay dead. This whole idea of Jesus telling his disciples that he was going to be killed and that he was going to come back. They were, of course, not understanding or unable to grasp this because if that were true, this miraculous story at the end would have seemed, you know, a lot less surprising. The Savior of the world is with you day in and day out for three years of your life, casting out demons, raising people who had been crippled for years, now able to walk. Healing people that were born blind. Raising someone from the dead. He was truly amazing. But I don't think they fully grasped all of who he really was. Certainly Mary did not fully grasp who Jesus was either. Because she thought he was still dead. We see from the passage in Matthew or in John chapter 20 that Mary and the disciples were surprised. They they saw that the tomb was empty. They couldn't believe it. And they had to go check for themselves. They were surprised. Have you ever had a pleasant surprise before or just a surprise in general? Well, one surprise came to me uh, back in 2012 when Carrie and I were about to move to Minnesota. The church, the Covenant Church there, had uh, asked me to consider candidating to be the youth and family pastor there at the church. And so Carrie and I, we started looking around in that city in Minnesota for a house. And on that Sunday morning, I went and I preached, and they all had a meeting afterwards, similar to what we do here, to vote whether or not they were going to call me as a pastor. And we're in this house that for a second time, and it's a, it's a, it's a really nice house, but it's just 
a little too expensive. And I was telling Carrie, I was like, look, it's, it's just out of our budget. I don't know if we can make this work. She's like, but I really like it. And I'm like, well, I like it too, but I don't know if we can make it work. I get a phone call there while I'm standing in the living room with my wife and the realtor across from me. And it's the uh, head of the search committee. And he says, Jeremy, the church has voted and we want to call you to be our next pastor. Do you accept? And I was like, yes, of course. That's awesome. That's amazing. This is where we're feeling called to as well. I'm glad it's going to work out. He's like, but there's just one thing. I was like, okay. He's like, there's three families in our congregation that really feel and called prompt and prompting in their hearts that they want to help you with a down payment for your house. But... You can't ever ask who they are, and they're never going to tell you who they are. Do you accept? Yes, of course. Are you kidding? This is incredible. I was like, no, no, no. You've got to be joking, right? Like, what's the catch? There's, there's no catch, but you just can't ask who it is, and they're never going to tell you who it is. So I was like looking while uh, I'm looking at our realtor. I was like, hey, um, okay, thanks. Hey, can I go talk to my wife for a little bit? I was just, and we we're like, yeah, so celebrating. The next surprise came at the end of our ministry at that church. Uh, Next slide. There we go. So the next surprise came. We had purchased this 1992 Chevy Express on the bottom. You can see it, right? And it was a great van, right? There really wasn't anything wrong with it, except the air conditioning didn't work. So that was kind of hard during the summer. And it had vinyl seats, so when you got really sweaty, you know, you got to stick to it. And it didn't have headrests or anything. It was just bench seating. Anyway, but it worked for us because we needed a big van because we kept having kids, right? We needed a bigger vehicle. And it was about a month, and uh, the church knew that we were going to come here to Countryside Covenant Church. And a woman in my congregation says, hey, you know, Jeremy, um, I have this van. And I got it because I wanted to start transporting people, uh, like the immigrants that were coming in from Sudan and Somalia. Uh, and I got it because they don't have transportation to their medical appointments. So I, and I bought it to be able to, to transport them back and forth. But, you know, I only use it twice a week, so I don't really feel like I'm being a faithful steward of what God's given to me. I'm like, what? Of course you are. Like, you bought a van to, to transport uh, immigrants to, to like, uh, and, and people who are refugees. She's like, yeah, but here, Jeremy, tell you what, why don't we just switch vans? I'll give you my 2050, it was like two years old. So I'll give you our van and I'll just take your older van. We'll just swap. It's like, my van's 25 years old. Why would you want this? She's like, yeah, I want to do that for you. I was like, yes, of course, sure. What a surprise. It was incredible. When I was deployed for a year and uh, I, I was leaving my, my wife and kids behind for a while, you, the church provided meals for my family like every week. It was incredible. It was such a huge surprise and such a huge blessing. And it's like, man, you know, it's like left and right blessings all the time. So it's like, I don't deserve any of this. But that wasn't the biggest surprise. Do you want to know what the biggest surprise was? Yeah, okay, of course you do. The biggest surprise is that Jesus didn't stay dead. Jesus didn't stay dead. He's alive. That's the biggest surprise ever. And it's true. He lives. We're here this morning celebrating the fact that God showed up as Jesus. And then he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And then he 
raised himself from the dead so that we can have life eternally. We can be set free. That's what we're celebrating this morning. One of the things about surprises is that they're meant to be shared. We have this uh, thing in our family where we tell our kids and everything, look, we don't keep secrets, right? So if anybody ever tells you, hey, can you keep a secret? You say, no, we can't keep secrets. But we can keep a surprise for a little bit, right? So we keep surprises at our house, but we don't keep secrets. We keep surprises. The thing about surprises is that we want to share. We want to let people know and experience the joy and the fun and the, the excitement that we've experienced as well. We want to go away and, 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 and tell people. And this encounter... When Mary encounters the risen Lord and the angels in the tomb, what does she do? She immediately goes and she goes and tells the other disciples. She has this great news that she just has to share with other people. We want others to know what we know. So why do I not share this good news with everybody that I encounter? Why am I uh, so hesitant with keeping this good news just to myself? It's the best news anyone could ever receive, that they can have a new life and be set free. So why do I keep it to myself? Perhaps we haven't experienced this freeing power or this new life in Christ yet. Maybe God hasn't really made that big of an impact in our lives. Maybe we haven't truly experienced all that God has for us yet, and so there's really nothing for us to share. Maybe we're not that excited because we still feel stuck. We still feel trapped. We still feel like terrible people, and so why would I want to share this good news with someone when it doesn't really seem like it's affected my life a whole lot at times? I mean, why would a good and perfect God, the creator of the entire world, think anything about me? My life seems so insignificant at times. I'm still full of flaws. I sin all the time. In fact, my life doesn't even look like non, the difference between non-Christians' life, depending on the day of the week. And so I'm flawed, and so why would I accept this perfect God, this perfect Savior, to save me where I'm at? Why would he want to set me free? In fact, some of us here don't feel like we have a complete freedom from our past. Some of us are feeling stuck right now. Some of us are feeling hopeless, helpless. Some of us are feeling hurt, anguish, despair. Some of us are just struggling in life, not able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you know who knows that? God knows that. God knows exactly where you're at and what you're dealing with. And you know what else he knows? He knows that you don't believe him. He knows that you don't believe him. What do I mean by that? He has come to set you free. He has come to give you new life. And yet we kind of deny it. You know, sometimes when we encounter a surprise, what happens? We initially deny it. I mean, look at anybody on the news or on these uh, reality TV shows where they're getting surprised with like the lottery winnings or whatever. They're like, I can't believe it. I can't believe this is happening. It doesn't seem real. You know, I must be dreaming. Somebody pinched me or smacked me or whatever. Like, it just, it doesn't seem like it's real. When those surprises came to me, I couldn't believe it right away. 
And when Jesus Christ has come into our lives and he has come and he's given us new life and he has come to set us free and we don't see an immediate change in our circumstances, in our lives, we can sometimes deny that the truth is really there. And so we start to doubt. We start to question. We start to question whether or not God is really that loving or that we are set free. But let me tell you something today. In fact, all of you I will exhort today telling you that God loves each and every single one of you, that you are all God's children, that he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of you. He wants to set you free. In John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36, he says, To the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we'll be set free? Jesus replied, very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And now a slave has no permanent place in the family. But a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. It's hard to accept that freedom when it still feels like we are trapped in what has been holding us back from experiencing that freedom. When we feel like we're still living in our past, when we still feel like we're holding on, not able to experience this goodness that God has for us in Jesus Christ. When it doesn't seem like there has been much of a change in our lives, it's hard to accept that truth. But it doesn't make the truth any less truthful. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie The Matrix. Maybe raise your hand, sinners. Okay, good. Now there's more of you out there. I know. I know. So this is going to get lost on at least half of you out there. But there's a scene in the movie The Matrix. I'm not saying you should go out and rent it. It came out in 1997 or 80, 1998 or whatever. I'm not saying go out and watch it. But in this, uh, there's a scene with Morpheus and Neo and Neo is supposed to be the chosen one, and Morpheus believes him to be the chosen one. And so they're in this fight simulation thing or whatever, and they're fighting each other, and Morpheus is getting frustrated. And he's like, quit trying to hit me and hit me. You're faster than this. Don't think you are. Know you are. Again. Neo was having a hard time accepting what Morpheus knew him to be. And then finally, it took the entire movie, spoiler alert, for Neo to realize who he was. In Christ, it's sometimes hard for us to fully live into who we are. And it takes a while sometimes. But as soon as it happens, our lives completely change. And there's people here today, you haven't experienced that yet. And you need to. We need to experience that change. That new creation found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 through 21 is true. That who anyone, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. It's true. And God wants you to experience this. It's the best gift ever. If you got drugged here this morning, drag, dragged here, not drugged here. That doesn't matter. It's like... <laughs> If you got drugged earlier today and you don't know where you are right now, 
If you got dragged here today by a family member or a friend, the fact that you are here is not by accident. You are here for a reason today. If you've been coming here Sunday after Sunday and you are hearing this, it's not by accident. That God has purposed you to be here right now because he wants you to let go of that shame. He wants you to let go of that blame. He wants you to let go of that anger. He wants you to let go of that frustration. He wants to let go of your addictions. He is wanting to, you to let go of whatever it is that's been holding you back. He's wanting you to experience his new life and that new freedom Right now, today, you can have that. But you have to be willing to respond and ask for it. You have to want it. This is the best news that we could ever receive, that Jesus is here waiting for you right now. He is waiting to give you a new life. He is waiting to give you abundant life. He's ready and waiting to set you free. Whatever it is that you feel like you've been struggling with, whatever it is you feel like you've been holding on to, there's a chance for you to respond this morning. Whether you feel like you're Mary and you experienced the power of God at some point in your life, but it's been a while since you've experienced it, and you want to ask and receive like a blessing from God or just to encounter God in a new way, there's going to be a chance for you to respond during the service. If you feel like you are just at the end of your rope, you cannot see the light at the end of your tunnel, and you just need some prayer of encouragement, you're going to have a chance to respond today. If you've never even asked Christ to be a part of your life, that you've never experienced the freedom, and that you want to have Jesus being a part of your life, you can have that encounter too. If you just need prayer and encouragement over whatever reason, or there's something in your relationship with God that you need to let go of, and that you need reconciliation, there's going to be a chance for you to respond as well. You have a chance on your connection cards, which you all got today when you came in the service, to be able to mark that down. How is God asking you to respond this morning? There's going to be a chance after our songs to respond, and you're going to feel prompted, and you're going to want to sit back, and you're going to want to get distracted by all the other things you have going on for the day. But I want to encourage you not to leave this place if there is something that God is laying on your heart that you need to respond to today. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's encouragement. Whatever it is, don't leave here without responding. Today is Easter, and he is risen. He is risen indeed, and he is here to give you a new life. And so will you let him? Let's pray. God, uh, it is great to be in your house to worship, to be able to experience not just you, but the gifts and the freedom that you give us. God, there are people here that are being prompted right now that there is something that they are needing to let go of, something that they're needing to move into, but they are afraid. They're not wanting to uh, let other people see that. Whatever it is and pride that is keeping them from wanting to experience, I just ask that you would just set them free. God, that people would respond today right here, right now. God, that they would hear you and experience you in a very new and powerful way because you've come to set us free. I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.